hon. You know that that old Gilligan's Island. Uh, uh, all those reruns are being on, and in just a little while, they're going to play that one you like so much. You know, the one where where the uh, mine's floating around the lagoon and it blows up. You know the one. The one with the swordfish. Oh, I love that episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was wanting to record it so we could watch it again and again, but this remote is not working. Hit the button on the right. I've been hitting that button, but it's just not working. Hello? What? Yes, this is me. Who's asking? What am I a Christian? I don't know. Who is this? Hello, Lord. Well, I didn't know that you made personal phone calls to people. <laughs> yes, sir, Lord. Well, what's that, Lord? You haven't heard from me in a while, and you thought that it'd be good for you to, 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 to call me? Uh-huh. What, 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 prayer and all? Yes, sir, Lord. Well, you know, Lord, I was just about to think about after old Gilligan's Island was off, you know, well, I was going to talk to Angie and say, Hon, why don't we just get down on our knees and pray to the Lord? I was, but <laughs> you called before I got around to it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, sir, Lord. I, I know, I know that, that prayer is important, Lord, but I just, I just don't have time. I, I just, I lost it. No, no, Lord, I, I, I didn't lose the time. I lost the picture. I, I, the picture just went right out. Ever since you've been talking, it's just getting blurrier and blurrier. And I just, what, what's that, Lord? Sometimes things ha- happen for a reason. <laughs> yes, sir, Lord, you're right. Hon, call that cable man. He messed up our TV. <laughs> you're, you're right about that, Lord. Things happen for a reason. <laughs> oh, 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 th- things happen for a reason so that, that your people can... can focus on you so, so we can further the kingdom better. <laughs> yes, sir, Lord. Yes, sir. Uh, is it clear? Well, 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 Lord, not really. Uh, if, if I squint real hard, I can just see the outline of Gilligan, but, but it's real hard to see. <laughs> oh, you're not talking about the picture. Oh, you're talking about things happen for a reason uh-huh yeah, yeah, yes sir lord so so that so that our, your people can can focus on you yes sir lord and, and and they can get that that peace that passes all understanding and, and that at unending joy uh-huh if they'd only just take the time out of their busy schedule and and, and listen to you <laughs> uh, could you hold on one second lord hon where is the manual to this remote it's in the cupboard in the cupboard, oh, oh uh, uh, Lord! I, I tell you what, that 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 that, that, that that's, that's real good, and I want to finish this conversation. It's a good conversation, Lord. <laughs> but I'm going to put the phone down just for a second, and I got to run right over here, and I'll be right back. I'm just going to set you down just for a second, and then we'll finish up. <laughs> okay, Lord, hold on. The cupboard? What in the world are you putting it in the cupboard for? That's all the way over here on the side of the house.
That man, why is he always leaving the phone off the hook? It's up to me to hang stuff up. button twice, then it'll start the record. <laughs> Did you see that? I just hit this button twice and it just blew a tube in our TV set. <laughs> Honey, I think this means something. Big, Big screen, screen TV! TV! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yes, sir, I tell you what, I... You know, I might have to work a few more hours and I might not be able to make it to church, but, you know, big screen TV! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it means something, all right. (laughs) You know, this, this phone conversation is very much the idea and the focal point of chapter 15 in our story today. You see, God is trying to reach his people with a message. The question is, will they respond to God or put him on hold or put him through the voicemail or just plain hang up on him? The message that God desires to be heard is used to be, to be delivered. It used to be delivered by special servants that were called prophets. And you need to understand Because of the way the Bible is arranged, it's arranged topically and not chronologically, we're coming to this point in the story series that I like to call the black hole of your Bible. Uh, You're probably wondering what that means. You see, the Old Testament books are arranged as as history, poetry, and prophecy, and the story at this point is going to seem to get jumbled up and confusing because you're going to think we're bouncing all over the place because what's happened is we've had the division of God's people into two kingdoms. Ten tribes called Israel are in the north, Two tribes in the south called Judah. And the fall of the north to Assyria and the south to Babylon. Many people, are you confused yet? Because this is what happened. Many people get a little confused. They give up reading their Bibles at this point. I want to encourage you, don't stop with the story now. Don't let this happen to you. This is where things really start to get interesting. You need to understand a few things. First off, the dates of the northern and southern kingdom, they overlap. And so as you're reading in one and then reading in another, there's not a contradiction, there's an overlap. It happens. It's, it's not a bad thing. Now, when we left the story last week, the nation had split into two kingdoms. And here in the lower story, this was a conflict between Jeroboam and Rehoboam. But in the upper story, God was achieving his purpose. Now, the question is, why did God divide the nation? And we're going to answer that in just a minute. Will you pray with me? Father God, we, uh, we come before you this morning. And we have questions like, why would you divide a nation? And, and how does that work for your plan uh, of bringing the Messiah? And how, how does that work for our lives? And, and how, what can we learn from your messengers of the past? And how we can live our lives today? Lord, as we continue into this part of the story, as we look at the lives of your prophet Elijah and what he did how you provided for him. 
I pray that we'll, we'll take courage, that we'll be encouraged at the same time, that we'll, we'll see parts of our lives that we can answer what you're calling us to do. That you will show us what you would have us do. Pray that you would open our hearts and our minds as we open your word. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, God divided the nation originally because his people were sending a wrong message. God wanted his people to be blessed by him so that other nations and other people would be drawn to God through them. And in the same way for us today, he wants us, through our actions and through the way that we live our life, he wants us to draw people to him, not to us. Uh, the problem back then is the nation rebelled from God. Israel became complacent in its devotion to the Lord. Israel uh, became disobedient to God's commands. And Israel became worshipers of pagan gods. Oh, shame on Israel. Here it comes. The problem today is that we often don't hear God because we've become complacent in our devotion to Him. We don't, we don't hear God because we've, we've become disobedient to His commands. And yes, on many levels, we have become worshipers of pagan gods. And you say, now wait just a minute, I'm right here at Huntsville Christian Church to worship the God, and I'm glad you're here, but let's not forget about the pagan god of iPad, or cable TV, or the pagan god of Facebook. I know you're not bowing down to those things, but if they've taken the place of your study, and your devotion, and your time with the Lord, maybe it's the pagan god of Gilligan's Island. I don't know. But if those things have taken place of where you should be with God, you're on a slippery slope, Israel. You see, because of their disobedience, God's people, they were sending a wrong message, not only to themselves, but to the surrounding nations. You see, we also cannot be a reflection of Christ that we're called to be if we're people of disobedience. We, became, we become people of disobedience when we allow comfort and complacency and self-centeredness to take priority over God. Good example. Hypothetically speaking, if the elders of Huntsville Christian Church, if, and myself and Andy went out drinking every Saturday night, not once in a while, but every Saturday night, and we came into church every Sunday morning slightly hungover to preach and teach and be accountable to you all in your life, that would send a mixed up message, wouldn't it? It would send the wrong message, not just to you, but also to our community. You see, God divided the nation so that he could purify the message, and that's the message that regards God's character. And if, if we're not focused on God, we're going to be poor reflections of God's character. Now you think, well, he divided the nations. What about his promise to Abraham and David and, and the promise of the Messiah? Listen, God does not need all 12 tribes of Israel to fulfill his promises to Abraham and David. You see, from the offspring of David, from the tribe of Judah, God will bring the Messiah. This promise will be fulfilled in Jesus. God sent prophets to the northern kingdom to call his people back to obedience. He sent nine prophets to 19 kings in Israel over a period of 208 years. He sent nine messengers. You would think at some point Israel would get it. But as you look at the stories, you look at Scripture, we find the only prophet to the northern kingdom that was heard and obeyed was Jonah. I preached about that a while back. Jonah was the only one that was heard and obeyed, and it was not by Israel, 
but it was by the pagan Ninevites, and Jonah wasn't happy about it. The only one that was heard, the only one that the people had a call to action from his message was the Ninevites, not Israel. Two of the nine prophets were Elijah and Hosea, and by the way, I'm going to throw out a spoiler alert for you. Our summer series is called Summer Love, and it's a study of Hosea. So make sure you mark your calendar. It's going to be very interesting, and it's not what you're thinking right now. <clears throat> but Elijah and his encounter with 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, it's a well-known story. Israel's God answered by fire. I love that story. And this is where we're going to get really into our story today. Elijah has not only shown the prophets of Baal who the true God is, but the Bible tells us he slaughtered all of the prophets of Baal. That's impressive. Elijah not only showed the prophets of Baal who God, the true God is, but he slaughtered all of them. Then he went to King Ahab, and he directed King Ahab, hitch up his chariot and leave, because the rain that had stayed away for three years was coming. And we're going to pick up in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 45 through 46. If you're in your story Bible, it's chapter 15. And it picks up right here. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose a heavy rain, excuse me, and a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Now, I don't know how far it was from where they are to Jezreel, but I do know this. A chariot being pulled by a horse typically moves a lot faster than a man. And here, Elijah tucks his cloak in, and he runs ahead. He gets there before Ahab. Now, once Ahab gets to Jezreel, something very interesting happens. When 1 Kings 19, verse 1, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he may die. Didn't Jonah do that? He says, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. What's going on here? What, what is wrong with you, Elijah? He just slaughtered 450 prophets of a false god. He's just preached the simplest sermon ever with the most epic illustration of God's power. His message was very simple. It was, Lord, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I've done all you asked. And whoosh, fire comes. And, and all the people see this. And the Bible says they all fell prostrate on the ground and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah outruns King Ahab's chariot back to Jezreel. When he gets there, he's threatened by Queen Jezebel, and he is scared to the point of not only hiding out under a broom bush, but he's asking God to take his life. He went toe-to-toe with the prophets of Baal. He even made fun of their God. He, he must be sleeping. Yell louder. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Cut yourselves. That's what you do. And one statement from Queen Jezebel sends him into a retreat. One statement... One threat and has this man of God ready to give up everything, including his life. You may wonder, how can that be? Is his faith weak? No. Does he no longer believe in God? That's not it either. 
The reality is this, folks. Sometimes people are just mean. Jezebel lost her prophets of Baal, 450 of them. And she just wanted revenge. And as queen, she had the earthly power to do a lot of harm to Elijah. But we do the same thing here today. We use our words and we tear down the messengers that God has placed in our lives. Whether it's your accountability partner who who brings something to your attention and, and you call them a fool or tell them to get out of your business. Whether it's a family member who knows what you're doing is not what you should be doing. They bring it to your attention. They go, hey, you need to change. You need to alter the course and you ignore them. And you say, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe it's just a friend who's come alongside you to help you through a season of life and rather than allow them to help you, you're telling them back away. You don't know what you're talking about. Maybe it's your minister. Maybe it's an elder. Granted, I'll tell you this, no one has ever said to me in my time in ministry they would kill me, okay? Not like what Elijah had been told. But I've had many things said to me on a Sunday morning or during the week, as have other people in leadership. And I understand how Elijah could feel for a moment. Being a messenger for the Lord is no easy work. Now, I'm not a prophet. I'm in no way comparing myself to Elijah. But I sure know what it's like to have people unload hurtful things on me. Unfiltered and unchecked words that have me, they've made me wonder in the past, why do I stay in ministry? Why do I subject my family to some of the silent pains that, that we endure? And I think of Elijah. And I think, you know what? Elijah was at the end of his rope. Someone is actually threatening his life. And he says, Lord, you take my life. Don't let them do it. And you know what the Lord said to Elijah? And this is, this is the hope part. He says in the second half of verse 5, all at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some, bear, some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. Verse 7, The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him <clears throat> and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. God's telling him, Hey, where you're about to go is too much for you on your own. Take what I'm giving you. Verse 8 says, So he got up and ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Uh, Do you see this? Here's Elijah. He's scared. He's shaken to the core. And he says, God, take my life. Don't let them do it. And God says, no, no, no. Take nourishment. And he brings Elijah to the mountain of God. God said to Elijah, you don't need death. I have what you need. And he provides for Elijah. And he provides for us. He took Elijah out of Jezreel. He strengthened him for a 40-day journey to come to the feet of God, basically. He took Elijah away from all the noise, away from the threats and the violence. He took him to a place where Elijah could hear God. Folks, we need to do that. We need to get away from the noise, brothers and sisters. We need to turn off the threats and the negativities. And and we need to be still and know that he is God. I love this next part of the story. Verse 9. There he went into a cave. He's on the mountain of God. He went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? There's a part of me that thinks, well, you brought me here, Lord. Uh, That's why I'm not Elijah. See, Uh, He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. You see where Elijah is? He thinks he's the last of his kind. The Lord said, go out and stand in the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 
Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he, he pulled his cloak up over his face and he, he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave and then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? The Lord brought Elijah to a place where he could hear him. Uh, brothers and sisters, I've got to tell you something. You're not going to find God in a nightclub. You're not going to find Him at a movie theater. You're not going to find Him in the mall. You're not going to find Him at a concert or a play. You're not going to find Him on Dancing with the Stars or the next season of The Bachelor. You're not going to find Him in all the things that happen around us, all the busyness. You're not going to find Him in the busyness that you have so that you look important at work. But I can tell you this, you will find Him in those quiet moments. God can demonstrate His power through many awesome things. Make no mistake. But when, we, when he really gets our attention is when he simply says, I'm here, come. And when he had Elijah's undivided attention, listen to what he said to him. He said, Elijah, go back the way you came. What? I just left that awful place. You want me to go back? Hey, I've fed you. I've strengthened you. I've brought you into my presence. Go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus, and when you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Maloch, Mahola, to succeed you as a prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. God showed Elijah that he had everything worked out. God showed Elijah, I'm bigger than this. God showed Elijah that not only would Elijah not be put to death by Jezebel, but that he would be protected and he would have opportunity to train up his replacement. Elijah, you're not the last one. You see, back in Bible times, God spoke through his prophets, through his messengers. This week, you're going to read about several of them in your story Bible Today, God speaks to us through His Word and through His Spirit. And if you're not in His Word, you will not be able to hear anything else from God. Who's on the phone? Who's calling you right now? It's God. He wants to talk to you. Will you take the call? Will you put God through the voicemail? Will you answer and hang up? We'll actually see what he's calling you to do. We're going to enter into a time of reflection right now. I want to encourage each of you to listen for God's word to you. As we sing our response songs this morning, if God is calling you to something, answer. Whatever it is, if he's calling for you, whatever it is he's calling you to do, prepare yourself to answer it this week. If while we're singing, you need to make an apology or you need to do something, or you need to send a text message, go ahead. Do that. Whatever it is God's calling you to do, if it's a commitment to something, make it. Will you stand and sing with us right now?
he's calling you to forgive someone? Is he calling you to forgive yourself? Is he calling you to go somewhere, a mission trip, or maybe just to the neighbor's house? Is he calling you to give something up or to walk away from an addiction? Is he calling you to submit to him in baptism? Is he calling you to serve or teach or sponsor or clean or care for others? Maybe he's just simply calling you to give a ride. But he's calling all of us to do something. Will you hear him? Will you answer the call? Or are you caught up in the whirlwind that is your life? Don't miss the whisper of God. Because the reality is that if we're in his word, we will see that he is calling us all to something. You know, it's funny. When, when we call, he answers. And when he calls, sometimes we put him on hold. It's been great to be with you all this morning to worship with you. But now it's time to go. As you go this week, remember, Christian, you are the called out ones. You are called out by God to be his messengers of the good news. That's our job. You may never take on 450 false prophets of Baal or outrun a chariot, but you have been called by God to carry out his message. And just to be clear, you answered that call already. On the day that you stood up and said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept him as my Lord and Savior, you answered that call when you went into the waters of baptism. You were forgiven for your sins. You received the gift of the Holy Spirit. You answered that call. And now I give you a call to action because you answered. You answered the call. And you know the story. You may not have it memorized, and that's okay, but you know it. You knew it enough to change your life. We know it enough to share it with somebody else to help change theirs. You know the story. Keep reading it. Take what you know and go. Be a messenger for the Lord. That's what he has called all of us to be. So now you know. So go out this week and live out God's story. Have a great week.